But even your boy, even your boy over here, Adler, yeah, he's he's doing something. He, oh, you're he, finally gonna give him some credit. He's playing drums. He he is. <laughs> <laughs> he has a drum kit in front of him. Yeah, he, he yeah. has a drum kit in front of him. Sure, absolutely. But like. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is asinine. This is asinine. Oh, fuck. This is, this is this is this is this is this is we looping. <laughs> we we I gotta get you to do the intro someday because that would be so much fun. Yeah, I'll just do it, get through it. My fucking first try. It'd be easy. <laughs> you would not. All right. This is asinine radio. This, this is, is the this weekly is, this is. music podcast where every week we get into a different album from a different band and we find out all the secrets about it and we let you in on those secrets and. We try to have a good time doing it. Uh, my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Uh, while you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, uh, give us five stars, and uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord chan- uh, server. If you want to join that, hit us up. We'll send you the link. And we have a phone number. If you want to call, uh, you can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text, and that phone number is 503-893-5307. And now that we have all of the uh, intro out of the way, let's get into the album of the week. So what are we doing this week, Jeff? We are doing Guns N' Roses' album, Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> so Okay, so what is, uh, what's your origin story with the Guns N' Roses? Eh. Eh. So no. this, uh, dude, I've been listening to this album since I was two months old. This album came out like a couple months after I was born. So, yeah, that's probably right. No, for real though. Real talk, real talk. <laughs> this is one of the albums that, like, that got me to to want to play the guitar. Because nobody can play the guitar. It's <laughs> 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 all over the fucking place. So I know, dude, you cannot focus. I cannot. It's so hard. This is one of the albums that got wow. me to play the guitar, honestly. Like my mom played this album so fucking much. I remember her playing this so much. There's like a there's just a couple albums and a couple artists like Guns N' Roses, CCR, Offspring, and then like Van Halen are probably like the four top ones that I remember listening to before I turned like 9. And this is just one of them. And I remember like I dude, I fucking love. I love Paradise City. I love Sweet Child of Mine because there's so much nostalgia to them. And like Sam, okay. Like Eruption maybe want to be really good at the guitar. As a as a young child, I thought I want to play the guitar first and foremost to play at camp. I want to play acoustic so I can sing these songs at camp because like, I'm mimicking what I see adults doing and counselors and stuff. That's what I want to do. But Eruption was what made me think that I want to be like a rock star. And then when that decided I didn't want to do that, like the Guns N' Roses kind of stepped in and said, okay, I can play a lot of these songs and still kind of like like tear it up. Like Sweet Child of Mine. Sweet Child of Mine's it's a fucking rocker of a song. Super easy to play once you kind of get like the hang of it down. And so this mm-hmm. is, man, Appetite for Destruction is just something that I've listened to so, 
so many times. And I, I bought this album on the vinyls early, early on. I got it for dirt cheap, a newer pressing, but I got it for like $8. And it's fucking like mint condition. <laughs> Love it. I think this album is fantastic. What is what is uh, what are we talking about here? What's going on? This is your origin story. No, you going you've, on and on. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's so like fine. like my mom playing this because she. I mean, she's like nineteen when this came out. I think eighteen mm-hmm. when this came out. So she was at that right age of just just like, damn, this is fucking good. This is this is like glam rock, but fucking dominates glam rock, dominates Poison, dominates Cinderella. But this isn't quite <laughs> yeah. like heavy metal, so I don't need to need to like, I don't know, go to these these aggressive concerts. And this isn't quite like punk music either. So they like dude, this album is just this album is something else. This album is something else. And there's a reason that it sells so many fucking copies. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Okay? There is. It's accessible, okay? that's for sure. It's it's, accessible. it's very accessible. Boop, 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 boop. I'm not. I'm not saying that's not a knock to the record. I'm just saying it is very accessible. This is the only imagine. good album that the Guns N' Roses have ever put out. The only good album. The only. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. That's fair. That's fair. This album is better than good. It's it's great. But this is the only good album that they put out. They've put out nothing else that's good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not hard to do. Honestly, <laughs> there are other records. But it's hard suck. to do this. But it's hard to do this. <laughs> this is unreal. This is uh, unreal. This is this is just off the off the cuff. This is top five best debut albums by any band of all time. Oh, Period. Period. It's I mean it's up there because it is so popular. Yeah. No, no, not because it's so popular. It's rightfully so. We're talking. It's changing the game here. Like I like I just said in in, in, no, in did, my introductions no, here. Did. This is changing the game of music. This is changing the game of rock. You're right. I agree with you on that. They changed a lot of things. Absolutely. This album deserves all of the all of the 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 cred that it gets. It deserves it cha- all of it. It changed. It changed a lot in the music scene. But then you throw it up. You throw it up against what it was going against, and eh, the competition isn't too strong. So, but, but debut albums. This is better than Zeppelin one. This is better than Zeppelin one. No, no fact. Factoids. No. I literally listened to Zeppelin one last night. Where do you even bring that up? I know we actually were talking about Zeppelin last night, yeah. so maybe that's why you that's brought why it up. I, that's why I said it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I listened to it last night. No fucking way. Yeah, is this, this is better, better than, than Zeppelin, Zeppelin one. one. I'm saying this Sab- is better than Zeppelin one. Black Sabbath. Zeppelin Black one. Sabbath is better than this. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's it's that's an amazing one. debut record. I think like, like I'm not even like joking. Like I could say Corn's Corn is better than this, but I know you would just laugh at that. But no, that's, you know yeah, that's stupid. I I honest. I mean, like, I do like Corn's <laughs> Corn a lot, but that's just no. That's no, 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 no. This but is uh, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath is better than this. Uh, I don't know, man. Debut record wise, I think is. like debut record wise, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath would be like a like a ten. I think Van Halen's Van Halen would be like a top ten. Van Halen's Van Halen is way better than this. But I don't think it like has leaps the depth and bounds better than this. I don't think it has the, the depth of this. Mm. I just it don't. doesn't have the depth, but it doesn't need the depth. That's the thing. Yes. Uh, okay. It doesn't yeah. need it because Van Halen's Van Halen is just so. I mean, I could go on for days about that record. That record is just unbelievable. There's literally nothing that sounds like that. Like the there only, are moments on there are moments on Appetite that sound like glam rock or what was going on in the eighties. Yeah, they were a glam rock. They started as a glam rock band. Like they were all yeah. glam rock rockers. Really, the biggest knock to this album is the band and what they proceeded to become afterwards. 
like everything from 19 from July 22nd, 1987, because it came out July 21st, everything from July 22nd, (laughs) 1987 onward is pretty awful. Like this band is just the fucking worst. Wait, so you didn't like GNR Lies? No, actually, I take that back. You're right. I do like half of GNR Lies, uh, the acoustic half particular fucking guy. Honestly, this band this band gets gets this ah oh man, this band is so annoying. Oh, there's the worst. What about Pinkerton's Blue? That's a great debut record. Or not Pinkerton's no, Blue. That is. Fucking Pinkerton's Blue? What the fuck is wrong with me? Pinkerton's Weezer's Blue. Pinkerton's Blue is really good. I like Pinkerton's Blue. <laughs> I will forever call it Pinkerton's Blue from now on, actually. It's <laughs> <is> so stupid. <laughs> and then Blue's Pinkerton will be the, the follow up <laughs> to that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's that so was good. So it dumb. sounds so much better, actually. Pinkerton's blue rather than Weezer's blue. I like and neither of us blue. said anything after I said it. Neither of us caught it for a couple seconds. Like it's it, it's sinking. It's sinking. It took a minute. Wow, that was stupid. That was good. Anyway. I, honestly, I I think this is one of the greatest debut albums of all time. I I, I think like the first okay. side okay. A of Boston's Boston, their first album, I think is, oh, is one of the greatest side A's of all time. But like side B doesn't match the intensity of side A. So like there's 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 varying degrees of of, of debut albums. Cause side A of Boston's Boston. Like, come on, bro. It's that was fucking, fucking so insane. Good. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. But this is I agree. Man, this is fucking good, dude. This is and like I don't understand why you think Steven Adler was like a, a, a decent dude, drummer. I, I think he's, his I don't think he was like a virtuoso. He's like the worst part of this band. No way, dude. Him and There's Slash. There's nothing good him about him. Him and Slash are the best parts. You're of this fucking band. high. Dude, Adler's parts. Ad- I mean, he's not. He's he not has no parts. Dude, he has he no has parts. Some great beats. And his. his, his, his the sound. Dude, come on. That's fine. It's arena rock. He, his sound is arena rock. It doesn't matter. Oh, like, God, he's you, no, I we, cannot you stand and I, him. Cannot you stand and I him. talk so highly of Brad Wilk, and he's a very simple player as well. Just like Steven Adler is, but, but Steven hear, Adler has a lot you, of swing and has a lot of groove. No, 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 no. Yes, you, he you does. Hear, you hear moments I don't think you of B-dubs. Record. You, you hear moments of B-dubs, record. and you can hear him be an actual good drummer. Steven Adler, I had no part in this record. Do you hear him like, That's oh, wow, he's actually pretty fucking good. Everything on this record is something like like three weeks into a guitar class you could be playing. No, no, no. He is the worst part I, of this album. No, he's not. 100% he is not. It no, goes Steven stupid. Adler's the worst, and then Izzy because <laughs> I don't really fucking hear him, and then and then Duff, and then Axel, and then Slash. Dude, that's, Axel's that's how the it worst ranks. part. That's Axel's stupid. Easily the worst. That's part. stupid. You just you just Axel's hate Axel as a person, part. and what he's become after this album has come out. No, but he's damn, the worst. He's part on of the point band. in this album. He is on point. He has good moments, but he's not the greatest in the band. No, no, he has, way. he is he is he is he has perfect moments. Most of his moments are at least good. He never has bad moments on this album. You're not you're one. too clouded. You're you're, you're too I'm not. you're too clouded by the nostalgia. Okay, Yoda, relax over here. Okay, don't fucking Jedi me, Count Dooku. Okay, nah, well, okay. you know that's okay. the way it is. It's the way she goes, boys. I knew I knew you're gonna fucking hate this album because you just I didn't say you, I hated it. Just, I'm I just did not I'm, say I'm, I hated I'm agitated. It. I'm irritated. I'm annoyed. <laughs> I I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to. Hey. We, we should talk about Pinkerton's Blue and we call it a day. Oh, Pinkerton's That's Blue is so good. <laughs> that was so dumb. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> so good. All right. Um, 
real quick, my origin story is I don't really have one because I don't remember the first time I ever heard Guns N' Roses. I assume it was probably Sweet Child of Mine. My mom never listened to to Guns N' Roses. Um, my dad only listened to talk radio, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> like KFI, that was it. So, yeah, I, I, I think Sweet Child of Mine I probably heard on K-Rock, maybe, in the late 90s. Never really cared for it that much. I thought, you know, Slash was cool and the whole image was cool. And uh, yeah, outside of that, I just didn't really care. And it wasn't until, because we did Appetite for Destruction years ago on the podcast, but in the very old format. And that was the first time I actually heard Appetite in its entirety. And I really dug it. I thought it was a really rad record. And I really hadn't listened to it since then until this week. And, and I was very pleasantly surprised, really taking a deep dive into this record. It's a lot more nuanced than I ever really than I ever realized. And I like I know you don't agree, but Steven Adler, man, he has some great parts. Yeah, they're basic and simple, but they add so much to the sound of the songs. He he doesn't though. He's like Meg White. Like he's he was just chosen because he can just dumb it down and then supplement slash Axel and some of Duff's parts. And what's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. Just well, you're bitching a good drummer about it? in any way, shape, or form. Like I'm, not saying saying he's most, I'm not saying he's the most. I'm not saying he's the most top three drummer of all time. That's what you just fucking said. <laughs> out of your yes, mouth, better, better than John molasses Peter. spilling out of your mouth. <laughs> so yeah, that's my origin story. Not not much, not much there. Uh, so let's get into our initial thoughts on the record. I mean, I guess we already did that. I think so. I, I think knocking on heaven's door was the first guitar solo that I learned in its entirety when I was a kid. God, what a lame guitar solo to learn. So good. I don't think I don't think many of Slash's guitar solos are super memorable outside of the singles. Oh, oh. Okay. I mean, he he is right, an I'll amazing guitar player. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. There, I, I mean, do I'm have not, like this. Not this I do have this like this, this 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 epiphany that I've never realized until now because I love Slash. Like Slash, like Slash is is if we made a list of like our top personal ten or fifteen or whatever, Slash would be yeah. there for me just because this album in particular. I love what he does. And and it's not his solos; it's his noodling, it's his leads. Yeah. Like that's what's, man, that's so good. That's like the best part of this album, or all of his fucking leads. He just never shuts up. He doesn't. He just oh, goes so and goes good. and goes. But then I notice it's pretty cookie cutter. Like he doesn't he doesn't really start noodling until about halfway into the song, and then you know the last quarter of the song is really him kind of going off. So there's always a buildup, but it always starts about halfway through the song, and that's pretty much every fucking song. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's so it's I mean, it's it is it's totally fine. But it, I never realized how kind of cookie cutter it was. But I thought I mean I really like Slash a lot. I I respect him so much more now after this week than I ever had before. He has some really great parts, and not only that, I I never really cared. I never really had any opinion on Izzy, the rhythm guitar player. But there are moments on this record where. Izzy and Slash just they play off of each other incredibly well. And I, I just I just had no idea. And then there are some songs too where it's the both of them and Duff and the, all three of them are just kind of doing their own thing, but fuck man. They I mean they it for whatever reason it meshes so well. Izzy is I mean Izzy's really good. He is a really good guitar player. Nothing on Slash, but I think he damn, has dude. Izzy's not bad. He's not bad I, at all. 
so like Easy's first solo album, I really wanted to listen to this week. I forgot, but yeah. I think he has the most. I think he has the most solo albums out of everybody. Like he has like ten, really? ten plus. But his first album's called Easy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds, and it's supposed <laughs> to be fucking fantastic. It's supposed to be like punk and reggae and hard rock. Really, and it's supposed to be really really good. And all of the people that are in his band at the time, because like the early nineties, they're all from other bands, like like the. I don't know, the guitarist from Buck Cherry and the drummer Ugh. from some other fucking band. I know it sounds lame, but it gets like fucking fantastic reviews for yeah, being so diverse. Izzy. People really do love Izzy. I think he's cool, man. Like, oh, look, so, so like, if we're just talking about Izzy, just like going into his history, and, and he played in a punk band when he first moved to LA, and his first show was met with like the crowd rushing the stage and fighting the band. And he played drums at the time because that's this is his first instrument that he played was the drums. And so he's behind his kit, like holding up fucking cymbal stands and stuff, trying to ward off these these rabid fans trying to fight him. And then he, the reason why he switched <laughs> to guitar was because somebody stole his drum set from his car, and he had he had no money to buy another drum set, so he switched to bass. But then he started writing music, and so then he switched to rhythm guitar. It's like the dude, <laughs> so dude cool. plays it all. Dude plays it all. Yeah, I mean, really, the 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 one song on this record. That was written by Izzy prior to Guns N' Roses. It's more of a punk song than anything else, or like punk and roll. I actually, you know what? I hate that term. Punk and roll is so stupid. It just Who sounds says so. That? I, nobody. It's that, a thing. It's a thing. I don't, like, thing. That. That's I don't like it either. I really wish I hadn't said it. Thinking but, about you. Is that the song you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Kind of for the li- the latter part of the record. Yeah, I don't like that song. That, I think it's, it's a cool okay song. song. I think it's, it's okay. a cool song, but it Not is more thing. straightforward and more punk. We'll get into that. Eventually, I guess we could we'll touch upon it later. But anyway, it's your let's, that's fine. <laughs> it's not my one B. Uh, so, do we have any stinkers on this record? No, not even close. No. Okay, I have no stinkers either. Surprise, surprise, no stinkers. Surprise, sweet child of mine's on a stinker for you. Uh it's not. It's not only because it's so iconic. I can't. I can't make it a stinker. It's too can't iconic. Fuck with it. It's so good. I don't really like the song though. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Nobody likes a song. <laughs> nobody likes his song. Nobody on earth Slash, likes that song. Even Slash doesn't like the song. Yeah, he but he acknowledges his, shit on it. He says, "Yeah, the song. I don't like it, but eh, it's pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about this because it's, it's my four B. It's my four B. Oh God, you're such a cuck. I don't even like it, but I mean, come on, come on. It's still pretty good. <sighs> it's it's just a well. It's a well crafted song. Okay, whatever. Well, let's. Uh, so since we neither, neither of us have stinkers, we have some okay songs. Uh, let's jump into "Welcome to the Jungle" because we already played it. Yeah, and that's your and that's your one B. So, so this was the second single they put out. Uh, the first is technically the first single in the U.S., but the second single overall. And they made a video for it. It wasn't successful at first. Uh, it was like a, almost a year before they got any sort of recognition, and nobody wanted to play them on the radio or on MTV and it was a real like record label push from Geffen Records to get them played on MTV and it took a long time and that kind of annoyed me kind of annoyed me yeah that it took so much of a record label push on MTV before they became popular I mean they were already popular in the scene but man that's a lot of a lot of record label overreach right there. There's so much like controversy from this band, from this album, from the artwork, from the lyrics, from Axel, from the partying. 
it's just it's unreal that these guys did not blow up the day after this album dropped. Like I just don't. What were you <laughs> fucking doing, nineteen eighty seven? Besides birthing me, I don't know. Like what were and you me. fucking doing? But and, and me, get the fuck out of here. And me, nobody, <laughs> shit. nobody cares. <laughs> is this your one B? This is your one B. No, I know it is. No, it's not my one B. This is your not. You, you love this fucking song. I do love this song. I really do love this song. This is my two B. That's my two B also. No, you fucking idiot. You're the worst. Dude, that intro. You're oh the my fucking god. Oh, it's Iconic, such a great intro. Fucking dope. Instant excitement. Oh, perfect and use then, of the delay. And then love it. And then the snare drum from Steven Adler, kicking it. Just that one snare hit into the main riff. Fucking so good. Oh my god, just that one snare. That's all you need. That's all you fucking need. You don't you don't need some crazy fill or anything like that. Just that one snare hit. Perfection. It's it's good. No, that's fantastic. That's why it's my two B. No, you riffage. fucking hate it because you hate Steve. The Adler. riffage. Come on, the riffage is where it's at. Oh no, yeah, the riffage. Come on, dude. That's that's some it, fancy it shit right there. It simple. bounces so well. It bounces so fucking well. I love it. I love this song. It's a fucking great song. And Axel slays in this song. Like he does everything. Everything he does sounds fantastic here. Like this song is so he, perfect. Even the na 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 parts, they're na, 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 not na, na, that na, na, annoying. Na, 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 na. They could be really annoying, but for some reason he pulls it off. I don't know how he pulls it off, but he does on this song. Like, like, like the problem with this with this album is we know how annoying Axel will become, and so it's hard to like it's hard to separate, you know, nineteen eighty eight and onward Axel from just this one album. And if he was like a cool guy, and I'm actually he's not that bad of a guy. The more that I read about him, he's kind of getting like a bad rap, I think. Yeah, but and I I know Josh Freeze. Because he was in the band for so long, he's come out and said like Axel's not that bad. He's actually a really cool guy, and he's always said, like he's had he's never had anything bad to say about Axel, ever. Neither did uh, Michelle. Michelle Young. I read an interview with Michelle Young when we talked about my Michelle. He's one of my bangers. Yeah, yeah. But she she did an interview too, and she's like, yeah, dude, like everybody pegs Axel as like a total douchebag. And then reading about like his upbringing, I had no idea like his 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 early childhood was was rife with with horrible circumstances. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I don't know. It, it's it's fine. Welcome to Jungle is a fantastic song. I love it. I love his voice in it. I love his voice all over this album. I I just think that that he gets a bad rap because he does get very annoying very fast. The next album, yeah. fucking live, uh, Guns and Roses lies, <laughs> live and lies, and then onward, he's annoying. He is. So it's hard. He really, is. it's hard. It's hard to like to separate the annoying Axel from like when this came out and like wow. Like he just did the glam rock vocals better than every glam rock band in the eighties. You're totally straight right. up. Yeah, you're right. And what I what I noticed uh, this week with uh, with his voice, he has like three levels of 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 like I don't I'm I'm probably saying this wrong, but like three levels of octaves maybe. He has the he has the low register he does on a couple songs, like the second song was it. It's so easy. It's yeah. very very low. But then you know, welcome to the jungle. He sings in a more in a high, much higher register. But then there are some songs where he sings in a very kind of mid range tone, and I was I was kind of blown away by it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize he had. I never realized how much range he actually had as a vocalist. And uh, I don't know. This, this album kind of really it really shows that. And in 
in an exciting way, unlike the ballad albums after this. But yeah, it's good, man. Welcome to the jungle. Solid stuff. And I think structurally too, I, I it just it flows so well, right? There's no there's no downtime in the song. Uh, there's some like cleaner guitars, but it they're necessary to build back up into the big heavy choruses or into the solo. It's so it's so well done, and the use of the cowbell by Steven Adler, I think, oh, is yeah. killer, man. That's 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 one of the few parts in the album that really stand out as like, oh wow, the drummer is doing something unique, is doing something fun. He actually uses the cowbell quite a bit on this record, but it's never. It's, it's never buried. annoying. Yeah, but it, it's it's never it's it's never on its own. It's, it's never as like a transition. It's never as like a lead part for the drummer. It's always buried. Yeah, and also I, I was really impressed by not only his drum tone, everything about his drums I think sounded really great, uh, but also the his ride cymbal. I don't know what kind of ride cymbal he was using, but goddamn, did that fucking thing sound so crisp? Whether he was hitting like the bell part of that or just like the 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 wider part of that cymbal, but it was so clean and smooth sounding. I. Dude, his the drum tones on this record are amazing. And reading more about it, it he he recorded this this entire record in six days. And to get that kind of tone and just I to really kind of knuckle down do and much. just really he didn't do anything. But it doesn't. Okay, okay that doesn't matter. <laughs> he just comes in, and lays down the same fucking beat for every. But it all doesn't matter. Twelve songs. It's but then boring. When, in the context of it all, I mean, this the recording of this record was also very frustrating because Axl Rose was such a bitch about it where to where he literally had he recorded every single line separately and then they had to go in and splice it by hand with a razor blade all of his vocal tracks so it made sense like that dude it's so fucking annoying (laughs) it's so it's and you know he probably just did it to be an ass i mean we got like dude they were like 21 they were 21. It's, okay, it doesn't, it's no excuse. But they're so immature. They're so fucking immature. These guys are just, they want to be a band so they can party. They don't want to be a band so they can, like, you know, reinvent the music wheel here. They don't want to be a band so they can live in infamy forever. They want, they want to be a band so they can fucking party. And so this is, yeah. I don't know, this, yeah. is, this is what it comes down to. And God damn, they did so many fucking drugs. It's unreal. So yeah. much drinking. It's unreal. Cannot believe these guys are still alive. Cannot believe it. Yeah, and all of them survived. They're all still alive. Now that I think <laughs> about it, yeah. Steven Adler almost died several times. Yeah. He but like honestly, he should He was been the dead. worst. Yeah, yeah he, he should He was the dead. worst of them all. Like even now when you when you see him talk, like you could tell he's not unfortunately he's like not all there. Like he has that kind of slurred speech, like permanent slurred speech. But dude, that's what happens when you do so much heroin and cocaine and drink so much it's gonna fuck you up permanently but yeah anyway uh back to welcome to the jungle uh what do you got lyrically on this one so there's like a lot of lore written about these lyrics yeah all of these lyrics there's a lot of stories there's a lot of of fables of folk tales and uh i'm gonna believe it all because it's if i believe it then it it makes it sound cooler Mm -hmm. it's more fun and this was uh, supposedly inspired by a homeless man who told Axel after he got off a bus in New York 
The, this homeless guy says, do you know who you are? You're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die. That's that is so, so fucking it's cool. So cool. It's so awesome. I love it so much. I choose <laughs> to believe this because I love that story so much. Yeah, I really want to believe it. And I even really if it was fake, I wouldn't even read the article by claiming that it was fake. I would still continue to live in, in, in ignorance because I love that story so damn much. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so cool. It's so it's rock one of the most rock and, It's one of the most rock and roll things ever. <laughs> it really is. Oh, it's so rad. It's so cool. And the videos, really the video for this music, the, the, the music video for this song, it's uh, it's stupid. I think it's lame. I mean, like, all the dumb. music videos off this one are stupid. But off this, this is when they played stupid. it like fucking four in the morning because it was too, they, they didn't want to play it at high, at high at, during the prime time because they didn't want people to see it. It was, it was whatever. And like, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Stupid. stupid. So I have, a, I have a little bit of a connection to the music video of this. Uh, friend of the pod Jessica her dad was very much in the scene of in of the hair metal scene in the in the 80s and he apparently apparently and I've seen pictures apparently he was the one who styled Axl Rose's hair in this music video damn I was yeah. gonna say dude Axl Rose's hair when he's on stage for the that, that part of the music video and it's all teased up and everything wild. like that fucking yeah. wild yeah I mean, more wild than any than anything poison ever looked like. <laughs> His hair it's was terrible. wild. And black leather pants. Tight black leather pants. <laughs> wild. Absolutely yeah. wild. Pulls it off. Yep, yep. But wild. It's true. So yeah, that that's my that's my little connection to the music videos. I know the person who did his hair in that video. Yeah. So cool. It's good hair. Good hair. Good hair. But um yeah, I don't know. Do we have anything else on Welcome to the Jungle? No, that's a that's a good song. I like that song. That's a good one. It is perfect open. I mean, I mean lyrically. I mean lyrically too. I mean, what the story you told the lore. That's what the song's about. You know, coming to the city for the first time and seeing all the debauchery and the shittiness of a of a big city, and surviving oh. it. So, uh, so let's move on. What do you? What's your one B? <laughs> Paradise City. <laughs> Is it really your number one? Yeah, that's my one B. I'm not that's even pretend. Fine. I don't even care. That's totally fine. So your your top two Bs are the singles. What is your one B? I know you're gonna pretend like it's not Paradise City, but even do we want to get it? Do we want to get into City. that? I no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna move until I hear your one B. My Michelle. Oh, that's it's stupid. Mm. Is it's Paradise City your three B then? Paradise City is my five B. You're stupid. You're you're being dumb. That's fine. You That's you. Fine. I guarantee you right now because my Michelle's my three B, and I've always loved my Michelle. Fucking fantastic song. But I guarantee you, you cannot recite anything from my Michelle. Maybe even not even the melody of the chorus. I could. I don't think you I'm could. not going to do it. But I, don't think you I could. could definitely. I think I think the outside of the the three hits, the the chorus in my Michelle is the catchiest part of this whole record. I mean, I agree. I think my Michelle. If it wasn't for Welcome to the Jungle and Paradise City. My Michelle is easily on 1B. But to that put Paradise City so on your 5B is just, come on. I like love Paradise City. You can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm doing the dog thing like I'm begging for a treat. What you're doing right now is begging <laughs> for attention. You're begging for attention as making it look like you're not just a, a one-hit wonder, cliche boy, but like you're lying to yourself. And you're lying to our listeners. And you're lying I to love... me. And honestly, I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. I won't tolerate it. 
I love Paradise City, so we're going to get into that right now. Paradise City, a long song, quite a long song. Probably the longest song on the record, actually. Long song con. The buildup in this song is fucking awesome, right? It starts off slow with that big, heavy, anthemic drum beat, and then it just builds and builds, and then the whistle. It's the whistle (laughs) that gets me every time. I love it. It's so dumb and bad, but I love it so much. This... (laughs) Everything about this intro in Paradise City is what I I complain about most in music. It's fucking stupid, cheesy guitars. It's weak drum beat. Like, dude, the drum is awful. Absolutely awful. I love his drums. I love the drums in this song. Oh, my God. Put a little verb on it and call it a day. Boring. But but think about how, how effective it is. It is so catchy. Bass. The bass is just mimicking the vocal pattern. I don't care. That's verb anthemic vocals. That's everything fine. about that. This is my one B. I don't know why you fight. Why you fight me on this? Stop, stop bitching about Steven Adler. Because he's the worst. You're fucking silly boy, Todd. You've you're been stupid. duped hard. If you think Steven Adler did anything more than than what I could just play on the drums, I could play all of Steven Adler's parts straight up. No, you can't. Boring. I guarantee you Absolutely. Can. I guarantee I, I, you. I'll pay you a thousand fucking dollars right now. I can. No, shake you my, won't have shake that my same. Virtual you won't, shake my virtual no, you won't, you won't have that same groove and swing that he does. No oh yeah. Because I I know exactly oh, yeah. how you'll play it too. I know ex- you have a giant smile on your face too. <laughs> you wait. You wait till next time we jam. I'm just gonna. That's all I'm gonna play. It's gonna be so annoying. Oh my god. You're like, oh yeah, I am an idiot. Steve Adler isn't that great. He's the worst part of this fucking band. This album, sure. Yeah. Everything about this <laughs> intro is, is is what I hate about music. Like everything about it is just the pieces t- on their own are just annoying and awful. But I don't know, man. You put it all together, and it makes for, for something just bigger than it could I ever even think it could possibly be. It's so perfect. And the, yeah, you're right, right? The fucking whistle. Like, the that's, whistle's so good. We're getting told when to rock is what's happening. We're hearing this this intro. It's, it's, it's a slow build, and we're thinking, okay, it's going to have to go somewhere. How are they going to transition? With a whistle. That's what we're going to do. This, this <laughs> is fucking blow a whistle. Let's tell the listeners... When it's okay to let loose, and then it does, and then the fucking song lets loose. But it's it. it's not even it's not even fully let loose at this point. No, so, no, no. So we no, no. we get a minute and twenty seconds before we hit the whistle. Before the whistle hits, it's just like this kind of acoustic build up with some lead guitar playing. But then that hits, and then it's the big heavy riff that dun 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 dun. It's just it's heavy. It really is. But then Axel comes in and does his whole like the verses and just does the, his his normal vocal thing, and then are you blind? It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. Oh man! But then it, you, it's not until like around four minutes and forty seconds where the real good stuff starts to happen, where it it's pretty much just Axel saying just repeating the same thing over and over again. But it's more of like an improv thing and. Everybody's just kind of going crazy, especially Slash. He's just fucking ripping it. This is the one song where he rips it up the most. And he's just doing, sh- just wanking for the sake of wanking. Like, there's no real guitar lead. It's just him fucking going crazy, like doing all the sweeping on the guitar. Like, he's fucking nuts. Duff is ripping it up too on the bass. He has some amazing bass parts on this song. It's fucking good, man. Fucking great. I did. There's, dude, there's so many elements to this song that I, I just, I'm all over the place here. So, so like the heavy riffage in the verse, that's very metal sounding. That's very metal sounding. It's really cool. 
The chorus has like kind of glam metal elements to it. While I'm not 100% on board with Axel's vocals on the bridge part, that's so far away. Eh, I could do without it. But like I like I like what Slash is doing. I like what Slash is doing. The like the little high parts there, the, yeah, the high yeah. leads. That's so fucking cool. And like it all leads to the last like real chorus before we double time. And the song just sort of falls apart before the double time. And this is the only time in the album that I like Adler. Adler's doing this bottom thing where he's just like only part of yeah. the album that I really, really love what he's doing on the drums. And then Axel's just going on and on and on and on. And then yeah, do we get into the double time part? And it's legit some of the coolest two minutes in all of music. I don't even care. It's I, I love everything about it's it. So it's, cool, so it's so cool. It's so fucking cool. Axel's holding it all together. Slash is completely off the reels, doing whatever the fuck he wants. Duff and Adler are just really grooving with each other and playing off of it. Izzy's just like trying to like, okay, I'm gonna try and just hold Axel in and give him a, like a, a a solid like guitar beat to like to, to, to sing along to, but I'm also gonna mm-hmm. make sure that Slash knows where he's going. And it's just it's so chaotic. It's so insane. And you're right, man. Duff has some really, really, really rad bass parts in this song. Slash has perfect That's sweeps. Crazy, They're perfect sweeps. Perfect yeah. arpeggios. Perfect. I've tone. never heard him play like that before. I've it's never un- heard him play fucking like believable. Before. It's a tiring listen because of how great yeah. it is. It really is. And I'm like, I, I even, dude. As soon as I heard it again this week, I said I'm gonna add it to my list of things. I don't have a list of things like this, but I'm gonna add it to a list of things that I wish I would have been, been there the first time they dropped it live. And I was kind of researching <laughs> it. And the first time that I read that they performed this song live for the first time was at the Troubadour on October 10th, oh. 1985. Oh, fuck. Two years before Two this album Two years came out. before this album came out. Was they were Slash 20 even in the years band old. at the time? Yeah. They were 20 years old. Fuck. 20 year olds come on the, tr- the fucking Troubadour. The Troubadour's like yeah. a, not even that big of a venue in LA. It's so tiny. Yeah. Oh, my I love fucking. The I'd die. I'd fucking die. I don't even care. God damn, the song is so good. I think the Troubadour is probably my favorite venue in L.A. Maybe the Whiskey. I I really, really, really like the Troubadour. I do Man, too. I don't I mean, know, dude. Like all these, all these LA venues are so fucking yeah. cool. It's really a toss-up between the Whiskey and Troubadour. Both of those venues are they're so cool. They're so iconic. So much history. I hate, I hate like Fuck. like like being one of those people that say because like, because you know I hate doing it. Is because Ryan does it in the office when he talks about being in New York. He's like, oh, you just have to be there. You have to feel the energy. Like that's so annoying. And people are <laughs> like that. Really but walking into the Viper, walking walking into the Roxy, the Troubadour, all of these venues. Honestly, it is like a vibe. It is a when you walk in there, you just think of like who graced this stage. Listen Fucking to Van, Van Halen, Halen play. <laughs> un, like nobody knew who the fuck they were. And here's Eddie Van Halen yeah. in his damn near teens, shredding on the guitar. Here's Slash and, and and boys playing Paradise City for the first time when they're 20 years old. Dude, oh, dude. fuck me, I die. Ridiculous. I, I die. think even throwing it back. I did Zeppelin ever play smaller the smaller clubs in L.A. back in the day? I don't think they did, but maybe maybe not. The, no, I don't think so. I think I think they stuck to no. like like the big the big. Yeah, I think they were already venues. too big. By the time they came to the U.S., they might have been too big. Fucking crazy. Mm. Man. Yeah, man. I can't, I, I can't even imagine. I, I, I do not. I cannot sing the praises of Paradise City enough because I think it's a perfect song. I think it has a lot of a lot of elements. That I think are just 
are just cheesy and dumb, but that's only because songs now are replicating what Paradise City already perfected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great, <clears throat> man. Should we play a little bit of Paradise City? Dude, I got there's only half my notes. I haven't even d- dove into the lore of the lyrics, the lyrics in themselves. What do you want to do? What all do about everything. I didn't, whatever you want to do. No, this is know. your pod. What do you want to do? Should we play it, get into the lyrics and the lore? Yeah, you should play at least the beginning part because that's like the just worst the beginning. Part. Yeah, just play the beginning. Why? Because <laughs> I was gonna play it like at the when it got when it picked up like in the four minute mark. Damn, you're I don't know. If they, I, I don't know if they deserve to hear that. <laughs> what about the whistle? If you, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you don't true, know, then you don't true. deserve to know. To be honest, you know. Okay, let's just play it from the beginning then. So here it is, uh, Paradise City from Guns N' Roses. So what else you got on this one, lyrically and all that kind of stuff? What do you got? I was thinking about like, <clears throat> excuse me. Thinking in your mind? I was thinking in my mind that the intro is, is pretty lame, but like like when you said, like, you only want to play the intro, right? I was like, you know what? If you don't if you don't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. It's so okay? dumb. <laughs> okay. That should be on the uh, no-no list because people. people I, I was say thinking that annoying. too. Yeah, I really but, don't like that. But it's so true on this. If you, if God, if you can't get through the intro, you don't deserve the outro. You just don't. You fucking don't. And the intro's not bad. Like no, even if it, if even if you just cut it before the whistle, Slash's leads the do 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 Like don't forget, dude. Slash is like a a, a fucking besides Zach Wild, like the, the only person that comes to mind. Like Slash is a, is a master at the pinch harmonics. He throws them in he so really subtly, it, yeah. so fucking good at it. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't overstay its welcome. They're he doesn't subtle, rely on it. They're like quick. Zach Wild does. Ex- yeah, exactly. Does not rely on it. Throws it in there for nuance, and yeah, he is yeah. so goddamn good at it. And I love those little leads in the intro. There, oh my, there's I I I perfection, absolute perfection. Pop goes perfection. Because perfection. Ah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah. So, um, supposedly this was written in the back of a van during a, a mm-hmm. goof sesh, right? And <laughs> this is so funny. I'm, I'm giggling already. Original lyrics by Slash after Paradise City was uh, "Take Me Down to Paradise City," where the girls are fat and they've got big titties. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I read that too. <laughs> did you did you giggle when you read that? I did. It's so stupid, <laughs> so childish. <laughs> and then, and then, like, it got scratched for obvious reasons because that's not going to make them famous in, in longevity terms. And Slash had had said, like, I don't know why they didn't use it. I liked it. It's like, come on, man. Were you twelve? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's stupid. It sounds like like a nine year old or twelve year old would make up. Yeah. But this is this is the song that 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 I alluded to earlier, where there were so the the guitarist and songwriter for a band called Hanoi Rocks, yeah, stated yeah. that this song rips off one of his band songs, and that's why they didn't do because because like Axel like loved Hanoi Rocks. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Hanoi Rocks. No, that's right. That's right. Axel like loved this band, and the reason they didn't put it on the Spaghetti Incident is because this guy was a douchebag, and they didn't want to give me fucking money. And I think it, came, it stemmed from this this um, this incident. And I listened to it. I listened to their version, the Hanoi Rocks version. I listened to it twice. Yeah. Could Is that not, good? Could not. Could no. I just could not make a oh. definitive comparison. 
There's another right. song on this album that I for sure heard a fucking comparison instantaneously, but not this one, no. So All right. I'm on Wasn't the the singer from Hanoi Rocks, isn't he the one who died that Vince Neil that Vin, essentially Vince Neil kind of killed? What? In the car accident? Remember the, you know how Vince Neil got in that car accident yeah. in the eighties and he killed and his like friend no, died no, in the car. No, no. Who was the one who's the guy who died? Well, I don't know. I think it was the singer from Hanoi Rocks. Uh well he's still alive, so I don't I don't, uh, maybe, maybe he's not the singer. I just know he's like the guitarist and like one of the main songwriters. Let's see. I'm I'm just looking it up real quick because it's gonna drive me nuts. Drive me nuts. Michael Monroe. Why would you not just type in Vince Neil car accident? That's what I did. That's exactly what I wrote. Okay, here we go. I have a, actually I have a fast computer now in front of me. Vince Neil <laughs> car accident. Nicholas Razzy Dingley. I was just looking at that. Yep, that's the singer for Hanoi Rocks. I told was you. The singer. No, he was the drummer. No, drummer. He drummer. was a drummer. Yeah, he was the drummer. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Not the singer. The drummer for Hanoi Rocks. That was in Not 1984. Damn. 19, 1984. It's five. Anyway. Anyway. Back to yeah, I, I I cannot make a definitive statement between the two. So that's pretty uh that's pretty weak weak. But um <laughs> I don't know. There's there's the song is actually kind of like a deeper and cooler song than I ever thought. There's there's some there's some pretty dope things going on here. Axel talking about Paradise City and kind of playing off the idea of like having your cake and eating it too, right? Like mm-hmm. their their fame is starting to gain traction, but they're re- they're realizing like their semi ghetto roots will be washed away with fame and superficial lifestyles, and they're still struggling with that as people in their early twenties. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It is. That's I, it's fun. Yeah, I guess. I just never I just didn't really pick up anything too extremely deep on this record from Axel's lyrics outside of like some of the the stuff about the girls that he was kind of infatuated with. But when it wasn't about them, I just felt like the lyrics were just whatever. They were just there yeah, to you, as a placeholder. Can you believe these are like these guys are like fucking? They were twenty one when they're recording this. Like, how do you record this at twenty one? I know it's fucking stupid, right? Like, what were you thinking? How can you how be Steven Adler and make the and write those? Oh drum God, beats? why are you? Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> <laughs> I, just don't, I don't understand. <laughs> oh boy, fuck, dude! They were like twenty two, twenty one, twenty two. And Steven Adler almost died. Like, he was that bad of an alcoholic drug addict where he almost fucking died. Like, I, just, I, just, like I can't even ma- imagine being that young and on that close th- and being that close to death. It had to have been like, we drink a lot when we were 21, 22, 23, like 24. But like, I felt like we drank a lot. Like, there were multiple nights a week where we drank so much. Like, we we're barfing. Well, for the most of it, you only barfed once. And- I've we all never, saw it. I, I don't. I no. Well, I did not. We all I saw you barf in the sink, but that's fine. I did not barf in the sink. But yeah, we drank a lot, and I just, <laughs> I, I think like, how much did they fucking drink? But then you watch like, like some of these guys from from like Wasp or these other stupid fucking bands, and they're like drinking straight from the bottle. They're drinking like Jack, a bottle of Jack a night, a night. Yeah. Just to just before they even go on stage. That's just to get warmed up. That's not even a bottle. I, dude, especially now, I can't even ima- I can't even drink more than like 
three three cocktails, you know, three Jack and Cokes. Let's just say that. Like Yo, any more Jack than that, Cokes? I'm feeling. Dude, I, I I rarely drink liquor anymore, but dude, drinking more than like three or four cocktails, man, just fucks me up. Yeah, hardcore. But yeah, a whole bottle of Jack. Even back then, even drinking half a half a fifth of Jack, dude, it would fuck us up immensely. We could do it, but we would be fucking dead. We we would pregame with out. a four loco and then continue to drink all night until like two in the morning, and then more often oh, than right. not, go back to Later the condo or the house or wherever, oh, yeah. and keep drinking until like three, four, five sometimes. Five sometimes. We would drink till the sun came up. Like we drank a lot, but we did. I never thought that like it was affecting my health. So like, how much do they fucking drink? Like at some point, your body literally just shuts down. No, like when you're really, really tired, you like you can't you can't force yourself to stay awake because at some point you will just fall asleep. You well, can't I mean, like you can't hold your breath to like kill yourself, right? Because at some point you'll yeah. just like pass out. Like your body will just shut down at some point. At one point, if well, your that's, body's like, that's we're, why they're we're done, bro. We're done. Well, that that's why they're they're not only drinking, but they're they're snorting coke on top of it that's to true. keep them up. And that's then true. who knows what kind of pills they're taking? They could be taking speed or anything just to stay up, but to counteract the depressant of the alcohol or the depressant of the heroin Fuck, or whatever man. else they're doing. It's just the the constant like they're just trying to keep that balance, so they're they're just fighting the the downers with the uppers. It's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's it's, it's sad. something we never experienced personally with ourselves, but we just I mean like we 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 could have. We just chose not to because mm-hmm. it's psychotic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's straight up it made it's more sense. fucking insane. <laughs> it's just like, dude, that's that does not sound fun to me. Uh yeah, so, so that was my one B. Paradise no, I'm I'm that's it, that's all. Paradise is my one B. Fucking shit, dude. Fucking shit. Mm-hmm. So let's get into uh Let's get into my one B, and that's my Michelle. Mm-hmm. This is your three B, right? That's my three B. Oh man, this is a this is a real standout. That that chorus is extremely catchy, and I don't know if it's is it is it um like a like a weird time signature, or is it just or am I crazy? No, I think it's. I don't think does it do switch. Is does it switch from like a four here. four to? To a three, four. I don't know. It, it just, no it's just—it's so weird. No it, way, just, Steven Adler can do a waltz. No way. He could do it. Nah, he's trash. <laughs> You're the worst. Garbage. You're the fucking worst. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is a great song, man. Um, yeah. So Dude, getting both guitars involved, like with the with the intro, yeah. banger. Well, love it. So I I don't think the guitars on this song are particularly. They're not outrageous. They're not. They're not doing anything crazy. It's not the typical slash of him kind of doing the wanking or the 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 crazy leads, but they're they're more subdued. But the the way that they intertwine with Duff's bass playing in this song, I think is is amazing. Like the the songwriting in the song, I think is top top notch because of that. Because they're all just playing so well with one another, and everything is just so just so on beat and so perfect together i i love i love it i think the song is fucking amazing and like i have said you, it's so, super catchy like be, before this week because you said you haven't listened to this album in a long time yeah until we did the album the first time in the pod and then before that it's been a while too do you remember this song yeah yeah, yeah. this song 
This song was huge. This this is like one of their. This like a fan favorite. Like this is a massive song. This song is so fucking good. I mean, outside of the singles, the songs I really remembered were this one and Mr. Brownstone. Those are the two big ones that I remembered outside of that. Oh, and Night Train. Night Train was another one. Uh, Night Train. uh, But yeah, My Michelle. And throughout this entire song, Axel just sounds pissed. Like he just he sings in the in his more higher register, uh, but he just he's more of like it's almost uh, like a scream throughout the entire song. It's killer. It's super. Do killer. so. Okay, so you like Axel's vocals in this album on this song? Yes, I do. Because this is this is my favorite vocal performance on the album by Axel. Like this is my favorite thing that he does, because I think when he when he does a chorus. I think he's better when he just does noises like the well 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 parts. Mm-hmm. Like the no 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 plee plee, he just does noises. I think that yeah. he's at his best when he's like speaking and 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 singing. He's good on this album only, but I think he's at his best when he's just because he does have a unique voice and like you said earlier, he does have a, a decent fucking range for a guy that's super obnoxious. So like the chorus, the well well well, my Michelle, like mm-hmm. I like the way he says it. I like the way it's presented. I like how it sounds. I love how he sings in this song. I think it's absolutely perfect i think it's top-notch stuff maybe not in this song in, in particular but there are a lot of moments on this entire record that he sounds so much like bon scott a little bit of brian johnson as well from acdc uh and it now it totally makes sense to me why he toured with acdc for like two or three years Ugh, i mean that would be it such makes an so- annoying fucking show but it makes so much sense after hearing, after really kind of diving deep on this record, I I totally understand why they chose Axel to to really essentially fill in for Brian Johnson. It makes yeah, sense because they're all annoying. He, well, yeah, that's true. They all are, they all are kind of annoying. Just say it. It's fine. They're all annoying. <laughs> they are. They are. They totally are. I think I, I think Guns N' Roses is, is the most overrated band of all time, except oh, for, for sure. this album. They're 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 almost to the point. Of Sex Pistols, dude. Where? Why would you even? No, no. <laughs> they no. Are, they're almost there. They're almost there because their their style, their brand is almost bigger than the music. But at least like Guns N' Roses, that's their brand that they created, that they made, that they fucking worked hard for. True, true. Sex Pistols are a joke. But did they really work hard for it? Because like we talked about, yeah, they this did. Album, this, this album sucked this album, when it came out. No, we liked it. But that's what I'm, well. that's my point because it wasn't until the guys at Geffen or yeah the executives at Geffen really push it on MTV probably paid them to play this song more but it's an objectively good album it's another good album, album that didn't yeah. another album that didn't do well when it came out was Blues Pinkerton that didn't do very well <laughs> and as we know like that's one of the best albums of the fucking 90s that's true but also they didn't have the record label which I think they were also under Geffen I think, they yeah, didn't have they Geffen go to the go to MTV and the radio stations and push them. Dude, David Geffen knows gold. He knows gold. He did. I mean, look at Nirvana and all that shit too. Blues Pinkerton, Nirvana's Nirvana, fucking GNR's Nirvana's Appetite. Nirvana. <laughs> 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 oh God, <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe I said that. That was like, so dumb. 
Anyway, I, I, I like it though. That'd be that'd be a cool like a uh, uh, Weezer Pinkerton cover band. Pinkerton, Pinkerton blue. blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's what a, so good. I'm such a dumbass. It's so dumb. fucking good. Pinkerton <laughs> blue. I love that so much. I'm gonna get that tattooed on me one day. I like that so much. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Oh, um, okay, so back back to this stupid fucking record that we're doing. What's really cool is, you know, you have that the craziness of, of Paradise City, which it is it's honestly a pretty crazy song. And then it goes right into My Michelle. To arguably one of the the chorus is probably one of the catchiest things on this entire record. So you go from the craziness to like this extremely catchy song and kind of weird straightforward song. I don't know. It this song is all over the place. It it's really it's it's heavier. It's more melancholy. I mean, dude, like Paradise City is the catchiest chorus in this entire album. Like it is, it is designed as such. It is like Seven Nation Army. It is designed as a as a as a sing along song. The moment you even like catch a whiff of like where the riff is going, it's just yeah, it, yeah. It, that's just how that's just the song. It, that's just the way it is. It is what it is. No. First things first. All of them live, laugh, love everything. Okay, but my Michelle, my Michelle like takes takes the momentum of Paradise City because Paradise City I think ends tra- side A on the vinyl, right? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have it. Paradise, on. Paradise. I'm looking at it right now. Paradise City ends side A of the vinyls because I have two. That of makes them. sense. And then my Michelle starts it. So you like? Wait, you have two way, copies of Appetite? Yeah, I might I might play copy. My my put on the wall copy. Are you serious? No, I just have one copy. <laughs> I was gonna say, give me a fucking copy or something. I think at some point, like I've, I've, I, I came across Appetite for like cheap in the wild, and you were like, "No, I'm good." Yeah, I turned Boo. it down. Boo! <laughs> I hate Guns Roses. Boo! I don't <laughs> hate them, but I would. I mean, vinyl wise, I would. I'd buy God, this for twenty so bucks. Stupid. This is. I buy it for twenty, and then twenty two on a good day. This is an album that's just one of those albums that, like, I mean, I don't have a great setup, but just like sonically, it sounds fucking great on my on my setup that I have on my dinky little bookshelf speakers on my decent turntable. This is just sonically a really really well produced album that everybody shines when they want to. Everybody yeah. comes through, and we haven't talked about "What Sweet Child of Mine" yet because that's that's that song. I guess we'll get to that when I get to it. Third third things third. We'll no. we'll get to that when I get to it. There's fourth, a good one that should go four. on the no-no Yeah, that's a four. That, that should go on the no-no so Fourth things fourth. Okay? Fourth things fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Out of control here. Just fucking flying off the rails. <laughs> this is this is a tough one. God damn. Ooh, Pinkerton's blue. Okay, so. Pinkerton's uh, blue. My Michelle. Lyrics. You want to get into the lyrics? What do you want to do? Let, let, let's play a little bit of it, and then we'll get into the lyrics, and then probably move on. So here it is. My Michelle from uh, Guns N' Roses. All right, so what do we got lyrically on this one? What do you got? This um, this was uh, it was it was written about a friend of the band who had mentioned she was someone would like write a song about her. Her name was Michelle, mm-hmm. so they did. Axel did, and at first the song came out like way sappy and kind of lame. So Axel redid it and just kind of spoke the truth about who he knew Michelle was, and it came out like really really like fucking great it came out hard-hitting and it came out kind of like sad and depressing but also aggressive 
And then yeah, yeah. I was reading like an interview with Michelle that a fucking rock website did. I can't remember what the name was. 2014. No, it was something I never heard of before. But then, like, okay. there was another Reddit like thread that was going back to it, and like an Instagram post from. It was, it was a lot of things were were confirming that this was the real Michelle, and she kind of like gave like a, a. She said she shed light on the situation, and she was a hard drug user, like very very hard drug user. Came from a broken home. Mom died by ODing on pills, and then her dad. Which, which, what, he wasn't in like the porno industry, like per se. He just sold like videos. And so, oh, like, man. the song kind of like, I don't know, hyperbolizes his involvement in the porno industry. But she was for sure like really, really fucked up on drugs constantly, constantly high. And so, when the interviewer was asking her questions, like, hey, how did you feel when the song first came out? Did you read like the first draft of it? Her responses were like, you know, it's embarrassing to say, but like, I was, I was high. I was fucked up the entire time. But then, like, the lyric, the lyric that that Axel wrote that says, "Now you're clean and so discreet, I won't say a word." That was mm. in direct reference to Michelle finally getting clean and sober and checking herself into a program, but then seeing Axel at a party and partying with the same because she grew up. Michelle grew up with with Slash, and then eventually met Axel through Slash, and so so she's clean and sober for for many months. Sees Axel at a party, they hang out. She starts using again. And she tells Axel, she asks him not to tell anyone because she was embarrassed. And that's where that lyric came from. And I would just, uh, that was so cool because, I don't know, mm-hmm. Axel's a douche, right? We think Axel's an asshole. But that's kind of yeah. cool. I don't know. I thought that was <laughs> rad. I thought he that was kind of, I mean, when Dude, you kind of think about it, though. fucked up upbringing, though. Like, he's so mentally fucked in his head. Like, he has so many problems that he's dealing with. Throughout the rest of his life, he will be dealing with these problems. Yeah, and and, yeah. and sweet child of mine. Like I mean, lyrically, that's a fucking weird one for me that I never thought about. But my but my Michelle, like like Axel, and then Michelle would say that Axel used to call her because she was like the the person Axel would call most when when singing a song, either like during this time or before this time came out. He would call Michelle, and he would just kind of like like clap his hands for the beat. And then sing her a song that he's writing. So she heard all of these songs before they were finalized and put on the album, because Axel like confided right. in her. And then yeah. this is just some girl. And then at some point she decided that she's completely done with drugs, kind of like cut off ties to all the band and everything, and, and started a life. And now she's happy and whatever. But it's just like, damn man, like this. I don't know. This song is really good. This song is so good. And this is the I thought this was like the deepest song purposefully on the album i think so too I, I think this is i think this is the most the deepest i don't want to say heartfelt but i guess emotional would would be the best way to put it but i feel like this is more like a sympathetic view on her not really i don't know i just feel like more of it like he he feels like a sort of sympathy toward her yeah uh, in the lyrics for sure on the song but what what do i know what the fuck do i know we know everything. Well, I know everything. You know nothing because well, I actually ridiculous. know. I actually know more than you, but I play it off like I don't because I don't want to make you feel bad. <laughs> you don't know more than me in any <laughs> facet of of life. I I absolutely know more than you. <laughs> I like I said, I don't want to make you feel bad, that so I play it a little bit stupid. That you know less than me. Well, 
That's wrong. That's what stupid people <laughs> This say. is like a Dwight and that's Michael what Scott fight. Say. Like just <laughs> <laughs> like this is something that I could see them fighting about. <laughs> and it goes nowhere. Like it literally goes nowhere. But anyway, what are we talking about? My Michelle. My Michelle. My Michelle. Uh, do we have anything else on this? Should we move on? We move were on, really baby. three songs deep, baby. I know. Shit. Okay, I, so I, I knew this would happen. So, like, my top six bangers, I wrote the most notes for, and then everything else, I kind of just half-assed because I knew we were. It's gonna take us fucking forever to get through at least like the top four songs, especially <laughs> yeah, to, the singles. Yeah. Top four for sure is gonna be. That's gonna take the longest. Oh my god! All right, so what was your? Oh, your three B. Oh, your three B was my, my Michelle. Yeah. Okay, so my three B is. Um, you're crazy. You're crazy. Really? Yeah, that's my three B. I, I felt like this song. Like I said, I hate I hate punk and roll. I think that's the stupidest thing to say, but it's the best combination of like the rock and roll and the mo- it, This is honestly the most punk song on the whole record. It has this aggressiveness, but it's still so groovy because of Steven Adler. He has that fucking groove. He has that swing. I mm-hmm. love it and. Even though he's such a swingy, good, swingy guitar player, drummer, he can still drive a song so well. And this is one of the those instances. He he mm. just fucking he kills it on. I honestly, as I, from a songwriting perspective, Adler fucking kills it on this song. Mm. So, mm. I don't know. What do you think? Do you, do you, do you hear all those like a uh, condescending? Hmm? Yeah, no, I, I know exactly okay. what you're doing. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Does this is, does this one even sit as a banger for you? No, that, no, I not even close. So. This is the lowest B I have. Are you serious? I think this is the weakest song on the album. I think this is complete filler. Wow. This is complete filler. We're, I mean, come on, we're, we're we're coming off "Sweet Child of Mine," so you gotta either throw something memorable or you gotta throw a filler. And I think they threw something filler. But see, we but in this part of the record, you needed a song like this. You needed something more straightforward, because everything, a lot of the songs on this record are are meant to be so big and anthemic and and I guess legendary. You get it through Rocket Queen after after Sweet Child of Mine. Rocket Queen's a fucking banger of a song. It's no, a it's fantastic not. It's song. Not, Rocket Queen is not a banger. <laughs> That's not a banger, dude. Okay. That's not a banger. <laughs> I I just I love the simplicity of the of your crazy, uh, and I I think that the guitar tone they kind of they kind of, I mean the guitar tone on this entire record is awesome, but they really kind of made it a little bit crunchier on this song on this particular song and, fuck man it's I think I think it's great, it's great and the guitar solos aren't overly wanky they're short and sweet and that's kind of what we needed on this part of the record it's not like I said. You got to bring it down a little bit, and this does a great job of doing of bringing it down, but still absolutely killing it. I think well, I think it's a great record, or a much, great song. Much, much like Axel says in the song, "You're fucking crazy," <laughs> because it's not a banger. All right, well, let's move on. What do you got for your four B? I mean, you you're you're passionate about this, baby. No, boy. we this, don't have to. No, no, you hate this. I mean, I. I touched upon it. We don't need to talk about it anymore. So I do think this got? is the weakest song on the album, yeah, but that's fine. Fucking stupid. Queen is really a banger for you. Yeah, Rock Queen went nine B. I mean, it's a good song, but damn, dude, it is not a banger. 
It's 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 a nine B. It's it's good. It's good. Okay. All right. It's good. It's good. So what do you got for your four or your yeah your four B? Sweet child of mine, baby. Oh, Here we go. Right, talk about it. Yes, yeah, okay. The song has been overplayed by about 15 years, but it's still pretty cool to craft. It's, it's, it's a well-crafted song. Like the main part has everyone in the band actually contributing in a way that if you played that instrument in a band, you'd be super stoked to contribute in your cover band, right? <laughs> like Slash's riff that you start off at, fucking dope. Dude, Duff's bass line, super dope. Easy thrown yeah, in like the, the the background rhythm guitar part. That's also really fucking great. But even your boy, even your boy over here, Adler. Yeah. He's he's doing something. Oh, he, you're finally gonna give him some credit? He's playing drums. He he is. <laughs> <laughs> he has a drum kit in front of him, yeah. He, he yeah. has a drum kit in front of him. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> but like Slash's riff relies on the building aspect of the song. Slash's riff is fucking cool. It's a cool riff, man. It is a really cool riff. It's iconic. And it's something you learn on the guitar because it's fun to play. It feels good. Just you, like as you're watching your fucking fingers play so high in the fretboard, you're like, oh wow, this is, feels fucking cool. I like picking these little circus notes, as he as he called as it. Slash calls it, yeah. But like it's being supported by everybody else in the band. It's it's a layering of a song and everyone else is layering their part on. Like a cake, and it's all—it's all—it's uh, not quite equal parts, but it's all really, really good parts. Yeah. And that's what I like about this song, and like the fact that Slash like still plays the intro part in the chorus, but like modulates yeah. it a little bit to match the notes of the chorus. That's really cool. I like the consistency, and then the solos, man. The solos are so rad. They just flow so nicely. This is some. This is like. <laughs> this is some of Slash's best writing. I think Slash's best really? guitar playing is on. Paradise City, but Slash's solo writing, this is his best because he builds so, his huh? solos. Wow. He builds his solos nicely. They gain momentum. His his first solo is vastly different than his final solo, but they all they all hold true to the song, but they all build a little bit. They all extrapolate from the previous solo and just add a little bit to the end of it. And his final solo, man, his final solo just has so many cool parts to it. It goes from low, low and slow to high and tight. Right, it's it's bridged by just scaling up. It's like, come on, man, that's just so simple and so dumb. But to build a solo to where the first part of it is just all low, all low notes, all on the high E string here. We're just we're kind of sludging along, and then you, you scale it upwards, and you go to this really wanky but still slow, still melodic, still kind of like you could sing along to this solo. It's fucking rad. It is a fantastic solo, and it's no joke why this is considered one of the greatest solos of all time, because it's that good. It really the solo is. is good. No, the solo it is, is that really fucking good. good. I, I honestly, I feel like the thing that holds this song back so much is Axel's vocals. Yeah, they're catchy. The chorus is catchy, but damn, are they stupid? Because like it, like my biggest issues with. Axel and this band are the ballads like their their ballads suck or these Axel's part of the ballads are terrible and this this is not an exception like he's not a good ballad vocalist I don't think so at all he's obnoxious beyond belief 
and it and it takes away from so much of the song because I agree. I love I love Izzy's like clean parts when 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 Slash is doing his 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 thing, you know, Izzy's kind of just playing those chords and just kind of being there as just kind of a backup guy. Just that's what he is. And and it, it's so it's so effective and I agree with you too. Like Duff has some some really rad bass lines especially in the beginning and being in a band and jamming and we have a friend who loved that bass line and he always played that bass line. <laughs> it's a good bass all line. practice all practice he would just play that bass line over and over that and soul to squeeze squeeze oh, so i think it was soul to squeeze right that was the song joe used to play all the time Dean, no it was a ding yeah doom. oh wait what song is that from californication right no it's not californication it's no it's from uh it's from uh what's by the way, I think great. That's from Californication. No, it's not from Californication. What fucking song is that? It's from By the Way, I think. Or no, it's from know. Blood Sex. It's from Blood Sex. What? No way. Yeah, I think Californication. Anyway, we got. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a stupid fucking bracelet. Anyway, <laughs> where was I at? Anyway, yeah, I, I think every everybody shines on this song except for Axel. Axel is by far the worst part of this song. I mean, I think he's the worst part of the record, but in this song especially, Axel is the worst part of this song, and it really takes away from so much of it. Can't stand it. Can't stand okay. him. That's that's almost kind of true, what you said. And when I say that, I mean you're so far from being right that it's disgusting. So <laughs> here we go. No, Axel is not the worst part of this record. No, it's 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 100% fucking Adler. He's he's boring. He's a dime a dozen. This kid. He's lucky. He's lucky. They like pretended that he was he was just sick with the flu for that performance when he was really just coked out. Like he's fucking lucky they didn't kick him out earlier because he's he's just not good. He's just not good. And Sweet Child of Mine. Like I, I also I thought that that Axel's voice is just super annoying. But it always reminds me of, of I guess this version reminds me of Sweet Child of Mine. But in uh, Step Brothers, when, oh, when the brother in the car scene, I was gonna bring like, that up. I was gonna bring it up. That is so fucking funny that I cannot. Every time I listen to Sweet Child of Mine, I picture that car scene. I do too. I do too. And the and voice I solo. I can and it's like God. That's that's what Axel wishes he could do because that guy's a better singer. Whatever that actor was, is a better does singer Adam than Scott, Axel Rose. I wonder if that's actually Adam Scott's voice. I feel like it is because we see like Ed Helms is a fantastic singer. He's a fantastic guitarist. He plays the banjo really, really well. So yeah, there's no, yeah. I don't know. There's no reason. Like, why would you have an entire scene based around the fact of him singing? And then have you? I mean, it his, does sound like him. It does like sound like his voice, right? So yeah, it might. And be then his, his wife sings, and she's just trash. I remember you had a key. You're flat. You're you're totally flat. <laughs> I got I got to come in and save this. He says something like that. <laughs> and then it's and then so the stupid good. and then the stupid bitch son like comes in and does the that whole like oh, yeah, thing he's at the an end. Fuck oh him. dude, I hate that kid. He's hey, so he's annoying. Worst. He's so he's, annoying. Yeah, he's, the, he's the actual rose of that family. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure, the Axel Rose, and 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 the wife is Stephen Adler, the best part of the family. That's that's well because Got she him. was actually the worst part of the family. So well, she fun. wasn't. She was the best part. Adam she was Scott flat. Was a she was flat. She was flat. 
You're flat. You're totally flat. Why do I? Why do I pay for voice lessons if you're gonna sound? Oh, like that's me? what he said. That's right. Yeah, he said, "Why he do says. I pay for voice lessons?" <laughs> <laughs> so good. <clears throat> but yeah, so this was dickhead. this was a song that became controversial because when it was found out that it was it was it was really similar to a song called uh, "Unpublished Critics" by an Australian band called Australian Crawl, and this song I did Dumb listen name, to right? also. And holy shit, dude! Sweet Child of Mine is the same fucking song. Is the it pacing's really? no way. the pacing's different, but when you listen to like Australian Crawl, you're just like, "This is Sweet Child of Mine, dude!" Like like that wow. that Kermit the Frog thing where you like sipping the tea and kind of mm-hmm. like, mm, "Okay, well, this is awkward." Like it's the same fucking song. Shit, and is not it just saying the guitar, like, or is it? It's everything. It's it, it's the lead guitar where, where like the lead guitar goes. It's the entire melody. It's the really? notes. But like, I don't know. There's bound to be overlap in in, in different things. And I can't imagine these twenty year olds listening to a lot of Australian music. Yeah, I know. Where the, the fuck 80s. are they going to listen to this when they're all exactly. strung out? When they're all strung out? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it's complete, just like happenstance. But it's pretty unless bad. unless the record label fed them. That song, huh? Wouldn't that's, put it past that's possible. Wouldn't that's put it past possible. him. I'm considering what we for sure hell no. What we were reading about Geffen and really kind of pressuring MTV to play the play Welcome to the Jungle. I would not be surprised if the record label really pushed this song on them. I wouldn't be surprised either, and especially considering like it came from like a sound check, right? Supposedly yeah, that supposedly. that Slash was just like noodling on, and then then your boy was like, "Oh, I can make a drum beat to that." Listen. Because he's a great drummer, yeah, and like that's how the song was born. Like, eh, I don't know. Hey, man, when you got a good beat, you got a good song. I do, dude. I, I, I do think like, like, like I tell Nick, like Nick's kind of in the midst of wanting to do guitar lessons. He's practicing more now, and it's just, it's just like if you want to be good, you have to practice. And that that same interview with Michelle that I read. She, they asked like how like what was what was Slash like growing up because she knew him since he was like ten, up yeah, until the yeah. age of fucking now, and she's like when when he first started playing guitar when he was like in his teens like he brought the guitar everywhere, whenever he go to like a football practice for like his mom or whatever the fucking they go to church or whatever he brings his guitar he always had his guitar with him he was always practicing he was inseparable with that guitar, and if you want to be good you have to practice you just have to practice yeah. Yeah. And that's like that's like, it becomes your life, right? Like it becomes your life. It's an extension of your body, unless you just I don't know some type of crazy, crazy virtuoso. But even then, you have to practice. Yeah, and yeah. and like Slash is 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 one of the goats because he practices and still practices, still plays. He owns over a hundred guitars. Like it's, it's fucking it's insane. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Lyrically, so what do we have lyrically yeah, what do we though? Have lyrically on this. Lyrically, I thought this was kind of cool because knowing knowing Axel's so like before I read about Axel's uh, upbringing, this song's dumb. This song's lame lyrically. It's stupid. It's goofy. I think it's just childish. I think it's dumb. But then reading about like Axel's upbringing, his abuse, his his molestation, how he really mm. kind of didn't even acknowledged himself that he never really like like grew up mentally and socially. He was kind of still always stuck in that like purgatory of being young. So, right, this is about a girl that Axel dated and then married. She she later claimed that she married Axel because he threatened to kill himself if she didn't. But 
this song does have like this kind of weird innocence to it. And I think he's comparing her love to his childhood innocence, which is even more interesting because of all the abuse he endured as a kid. So it's like, it's like he's only comparing her to the good parts of what it was like when he was a kid Mm -hmm. or what little good parts there even was because there was so much bad. So those little tiny good parts of when he was a kid, whatever that was that like, or she triggered that memory in his mind. Like that's what this song is about. So I think the song superficially is dumb and fucking dumb as fuck. It's so stupid. But I think the whole thing, like the sweet child of mine, like why is he calling her child? I think it's because he's reverting to his childhood state. Yeah. I think, could it's, be. I think it's something deeper, man. I think it's some, some like cool, uh, like Freudian Siegfried and Freudian slip there. Oh my God. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> But the part uh, the part of the lore of, of Guns N' Roses that I don't like is the last part of the song, the 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 where do we go? Where do we go? Yeah, now? I, I don't like that. that part. And supposedly, like it was just from As- Axel asking the producer in the booth at the end of the song because they didn't know how to end the song. So he's like asking, like, where do we go? Like, what what do we do now? And uh, then he was like, well, you should just you should just keep saying that, and then we'll just riff off of it. Like, ah, I don't I don't believe that's that. That's lame. That's weak. I don't believe it because of Flimsy. how of how meticulous he was with recording this record his vocals i don't i don't buy it at all dude slash is so good at an outro though he is it's really that part is really Mm. good Mm. it's really good so so we got the big singles we got our tops do we want to play sweet child of mine everybody fucking knows sweet child of mine no we didn't play that shit All right, so since we don't really want to play Sweet Child of Mine, what do you want to get into next? Because that was your 4B, right? That was my 4B. Oh, my God. So my 4B is Night Train. Where does this one sit for you? That's my my 6B. You love that fucking cowbell shit in the intro, don't you? Yeah. Love the cowbell. Love how stupid that, that that vocal melody is as well. It's so it's so catchy, I it's so catchy. I I hate it and love it at the same time. It's very eighties. This one, this is like another one that just rolls along like a freight train, night train, mm-hmm. freight train. It's a great song with like a solid melody. When the music kind of stops and then we just hear the like the guitar chords being rung out while Axel is singing, dude, that part is so boss. And then Duff yeah. throws some single note hits, right? The boom boom, and lets those <laughs> ring out. Like all to like naturally swell into the chorus. That's just good. That's this is this is we're talking about good. This is just good songwriting. It is. It's straight up good songwriting. And this is the first song on the record where Duff finally kind of shines. Where he, you can he kind of his bass kind of cuts through the mix, and you can actually kind of hear what he's playing, or he's kind of doing something a little bit off the wall. I wouldn't say squirrely, but just kind of off the wall. It's killer, man. Fucking everybody kills it in the song, and. It's so catchy. It's so catchy, but the only reason it's this low is because it's it's so re- it's just so stupid. And how catchy this is, is this is the song that like really made me want to play like Slash also like Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, and Slash. Like these are two two guys that I really wanted to like emulate when playing the guitar, and this song like really really did it for me because. His his first solo is slow, but he never just he never stops hitting notes. He's filling all space with notes. 
but he never gets yeah, too yeah. fancy with it. Like, there's a couple parts there, but I like those type of solos. I like just like forego slides, hammers, just add more notes, more scales. Just go up and down, noodle. Just keep hitting notes. Fill all of the dead air with just more notes. That's what we need. More notes. <laughs> I like it. And he just he he keeps it going all the time. He just never stops noodling throughout the entire album. Entire. That's His, what I put too on this song specifically, though. It just never stops fucking noodling. His second solo is for sure the winky, the winky one of the two. Yeah. yeah. But man, I just I I love solos where it's just it's just more notes. I don't need bends. I don't need hammers. I don't need slides. Just, just, just throw me some like good fucking cool scales. Call it a day. That's all I want. Oh, I like it too. If it's put in there, you know, put in there in a classy way. Yeah, it sounds fucking great. And Slash does it so well. He's, he's never over, like we like we said. He's not overtly wanky, and and he doesn't just play shit just to play it. Like it, there's always a reason for it, and it's just perfectly placed. Yeah, most everything he does. I love it. I love it. I can't believe you hate the cowbell on this song. I don't hate the cowbell. I think it's fantastic. I love it. Well, you were talking shit on Steven Adler, but that's fine. <laughs> because this is his claim to fame, is just hitting cowbell to the intro of a song. <laughs> no, man. It's Like Come I on. said earlier, like I said earlier, his ride symbol, that ride symbol is just, oh, dude, it's so crisp. It is, it's so much of his tone and his sound. I love that ride symbol. He fucking kills it. You're like, you're like a little kid, right? Like, like, no, you know, you're like a gold no, miner. No. You're like, you're like a gold miner. I, I like the, the, the heart of, of, of the, the 49er rush and you're painting okay. for gold and you're like, Oh, look at this little tiny fucking nugget that I found everybody. The size of like my the, a fucking scab. On my finger, look at this. This is so amazing. While everyone else is like, like pulling out golf ball sized nuggets. That's like you. Ooh, fucking Steven Adler and his cowbell <laughs> in this song. Whereas like the entire album is full of just absolute banger after banger, bigger than life uh. solos, amazing vocal performances, really cool bass lines. But here you are like digging for fucking flakes, digging sometimes, for flakes. Sometimes you need those flakes. Those flakes are, are can be just as important as all the winky. No, but they're not. Like that's the point. Is the flakes are not as important. The flakes are not worth more than the big fucking golf ball sized nuggets. They are worth less. No, you're wrong. Yeah, no, wrong. I'm not wrong at all. Stephen Adler is like, he's <laughs> come on. It's like child's play here. Stephen Adler's lucky he was a part of this band. <laughs> he's fucking lucky. Uh, he's only lucky that he wasn't fired sooner because of his drug use. Not because of his playing, but because of his drug use. That's f- 100% True. sure. All right. Uh, should we play a little bit of it and get into the lyrics or just the lyrics and move on? What do you think? Whatever you want to do. What do you, uh, no, you this, do? Is, this is your pod. That's my 6B. That is my 6B. Okay. I mean, we don't have to play it if, we don't, if you don't want to. All right. All right. So then what do you got for your 4B? Five B, five B, five B, five B. Out to get me, out really? to get me, out to get me. Yeah, this is kind of okay, a bluesy not, inspired a little number me. here. Structurally set up kind of the same as like a, a blues song here. I like this song because it just it just sounds it sounds big. The rhythm is driving forward with the beat and Slash is just doing the lead guitar thing and Axel's all over the place. I love it. It's like a controlled mm. chaos type of thing. Like they know they know how to like 
kind of hone it in, but they also know how to make everything just sound just like a mess. But it's not a mess. <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. Not not when you have sla- not when you have all these great players in the band. This is this is another one of the songs where Izzy and Slash their interplay is is just so it's so good and you don't really hear it I feel you don't really hear it on the first couple listens but when you really take a deep dive into it you kind of hear just kind of dude they're they're just like they're a perfect pair a perfect fucking pair and this song really really shows that uh, I won't talk too much about Adler because I know you'll get really fussy about it he doesn't so do anything I'll keep it at that what does he do? What? what does he do here? What does he do? I'm not going to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. He didn't do anything. I don't want to talk about it. He does nothing. You're, you're already fussy and I haven't even because said Because he does nothing. Like you, you, oh my God, you're the worst. You are the fucking worst. <laughs> you're worse than Steve Adler, which is hard. It's hard to fucking do because he's the worst part of the band. Oi, you are so stupid. Okay. Right. I, I mean, I can't, I don't even, I can't even imagine how many stupid pills you took earlier today to come to this point. <laughs> Just two. Just two. That's more than enough. <laughs> um, this is this is also another one of the songs where, where Axel kind of sings in his higher register uh, throughout most of it. And this is this is the main song that really made me realize, wow, he's a good replacement for Brian Johnson in ACDC. This song, he has that that kind of scream and higher register of vocals like Brian Johnson does. Spot on. Yes, yes, but Brian Johnson is just annoying. Sometimes, and I, I, I like, I like ACDC. I really do, but it's it's Bond Scott or bust. Like if it, it's it's I mean, straight Scott up was the Bond Scott or bust. But yeah. like leaves and bounds better. Brian Johnson is just annoying. He just happened to fall into place during like the back in black stuff, and that just happened to be like top five best-selling albums of all time, which is a good <laughs> album. It's fantastic. That's a good album. But I don't know. Like, oh, man. Comparatively to this one, like this one has more depth to it. Back in Black is so superficial. It's so one-dimensional. I love I, it. I'm not comparing fuck, it. I'm not comparing it to Back in Black. I'm just saying. But I hate, I hate his, like. His vocal styling is yes, similar I, to, because John, to Brian Johnson. That's all I'm because saying. at this point in his life, he was just being annoying. <laughs> but like during like the, the the recording for Appetite for Destruction, he was he was kind of like doing something unique. He thought he was doing something unique. What, I mean, what, what do you offer? What do you offer? I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm listening. I'm listening to you. Okay. Talk about how much you hate ACDC. That's what I'm doing. If anybody hates ACDC, it's you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm not. Not really a fan of ACDC. You fucking hate ACDC. No, I don't hate them. You hate ACDC. No, you have nothing. Well, you their drummer's actually really fucking good because he no, plays. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a Paul Rudd. I'm not a Paul Rudd. Not Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Wait, Phil Rudd. Phil. Yeah, Rudd. Paul Rudd. He plays. No, in, uh, he plays bass in that one movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it Phil Rudd? Who's the drummer in ACDC? Yeah, Paul Rudd plays. Paul, Paul doesn't play anybody. Paul Rudd is an actor. Yes. Phil Rudd is who you think. Phil Rudd, of. yes, I'm thinking Phil Rudd. Yeah, well, at least they're, I corrected myself. Well, they're brothers. It makes them. They're brothers. Dude, I'm all over the place. I'm doing Pinkerton's Blue. I'm doing Paul Rudd. This is a this is a mess of an episode. Actually, to be fair, like Paul Rudd could be playing bass in in ACDC because he never ages, so we have no idea how fucking old he is. 
That's true. And the and the bass lines aren't too difficult in ACDC. So pretty much anybody could play it. Even Steven Adler can play it on the drums. He could play the bass on the drums. I think Steven Adler started playing bass too. That was like his first instrument. Was it really? I think we talked about that. Did we not talk about that? No, we didn't talk about that. Scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. You don't don't ever want to talk about Steven Adler. That's the thing. Yeah, actually, you're right. I have no notes on Steven Adler. I took zero notes on him. Wow, because you're fucking stupid. I have all his notes on Slash, Axel, Duff, Izzy. (laughs) I have none on Steven Adler. (laughs) You you probably have notes on Gilby Clark, on all these other fucking people, too. No. 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 Should we play a bit of the song? What do you want to do? Should we talk about the lyrics? I mean, I feel, I feel, I feel confident. Like, I feel good if we just, if we just, maybe a little bit of lore, maybe a little okay. bit of Axel, and then call it a night. Like, I'm good. I, I got all Let's of my main then. points across. I do too. I mean, really, the only other songs that really stand out to me are Mr. Brownstone. Um, yeah, Mr. Brownstone is really it. Yowza. But other than that, yeah, no, let, let's get into, like, some of the lore and what, what you got on this. So, like, again, just going back to, like, Axel and, and his entire just upbringing, born to, like, an underage mom and a 20-year-old dad. Like, Jeez. that that was unreal. She was, like, 15 and he was 20. Like, that's, bro, that's rape. That's statutory yeah, rape. it is. It's terrible. Like, that's not even close. That's not, like, a 17-year-old dating an 18-year-old. That's, that's we're talking fucking five years. Yeah, and then like his dad abducted him early on, molested him as a child, and his 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 never like knew his real dad. Only learned that he even existed because he was murdered, and then years after it even happened, that's how he came across it. Like, what does that do to a person? Oh, it permanently fucks you up. That's what it does. I can't even imagine what it does. I don't know. And 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 the reason why his name is Axel, right? Because he didn't want to take his father's name of William, because that's his name, William. So he chose Axel because of the band that he was in. I don't know. But then like this this was like the coolest thing. This is the most like rock and roll thing I've ever heard about Axel Rose. Is 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 the dude was working at Tower Records on Sunset before Guns N' Roses and just took odd jobs, you know, participating in like cigarette studies and and and, and working like maintenance jobs and cleaning shit up. Working at Tower yeah. Records. Tower <laughs> Records. And then years later weird to think about. Within like 2 years now he's in like one of the most, uh, one of the most greatest rock bands in the history of mankind. And years uh, after that, I worked at Tower Records. Unreal, unreal. I know. Well, if you played drums like like uh, Easy uh, Easy Rose, then maybe <laughs> maybe di- maybe it'd be different. <laughs> and then I read a cool story about Slash, where Slash he used a rented Marshall amp for the Appetite album. And he loved it so much, he tried to steal it from the company by telling them it was stolen. But it was later repossessed because one of the roadies accidentally brought it to one of the studios and they got caught. <laughs> and so they got repossessed. That's so I read good. Too, I read, too, that he um, he came across his tone by accident. Like he, he Prior to this record, he didn't have that, that signature kind of crunch and tone, but it, but it took like many sessions to find that combination of that Gibson with that Marshall and that combination of it all to find that, that, that perfect tone that we hear from him on this record. Which like now seems so standard, right? Like if you just want a good tone, just buy a Gibson or buy a Les Paul, buy like a Marshall half stack, call it a day. It's going to sound great. 
Like exactly. we, we like we take that such we t- we take those little things for granted so much. Yeah, but he came across it by accident. It's fucking wild. Oh. So simple. Zach Wild. Olivia Wild. Olivia Wild. Wild Thornberries. I'm trying to think of another wild, but I can't think of another wild. Wild, 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 wild and crazy kids. Wild, wild west. Jim West. Desperado. Rough Rider. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're I think we're pretty much done here. Let me wrap it up. <laughs> for, for just quoting like Wild Wild West by yeah, I think we're I think we're pretty much done here. <laughs> you said wild and crazy kids. That's even stupider. Dude, Omar what's uh, that Omar is Omar, or a word? Omar Epps? Is stupider a word? Or Omar it... Gooding? Omar Epps? Yeah, stupider is a word. You're stupider. Boys go to Jupiter it? to get more stupider. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fucking stupid. This is very dumb. All right. Uh so so yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Uh so let's go over our final thoughts on this record, Appetite for Destruction, and uh give it a rating according to our world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're gonna continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard heard. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. This this album just it, it holds it holds a good place in my heart. This I'm not like a I'm not a flashy guy. I, I don't I don't like big flashy solos. I I've 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 come to recently appreciate them more in the recent years because the past like ten years I've hated them. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not like a flashy guy. And this is this is like the this is like the the kryptonite to what I normally like in music. But this album has a lot of nostalgia for me, and I've I've listened to it just. Hundreds of times, honestly, hundreds of times, and uh, it's just—it's good. It is that good. This is one of those albums that—that—that is—they that it, it deserves all the praise that it gets because it's that fucking good. Everybody is fantastic in this, except for Steven Adler. But this album is stupid. that great. Axl Rose is great in this. He's unbelievable in this. His vocals is—they're unmatched. He's never done anything like this ever again. Shit, the band's never done anything like this ever again. This band is a one-hit wonder. They did one great, great, great album, and that's it. Everything else is is mediocre, lukewarm, okay, fine. So uh, I don't know. This is not a perfect album because there's a couple songs in here that I I just I don't I think are okay, but they're still fun. So uh, I give this like I would give this a two point nine nine. Wow, two point nine nine. I really thought you were gonna give this a perfect three. That's crazy. I just, I can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't because there's like solid like three block of songs that it just I can't. I can't get over because they're okay. Two point nine nine. Fuck man, okay. this is this is this is dude. This is one of the best like debut albums of all time. It truly is. It really is. All right, that's fair. I understand. I totally get it. Uh, my final thoughts, you know, like I said, I never really heard this record in its entirety until a few years ago, and even after that, I never listened to it again until this week, and it, it really grew on me. I, I really understand why, I'm not, I guess, I kind of understand why this band was so popular because of this record. I mean, the three big songs were just, they're just so massive, and it's fucking nuts, and, and the songs really are good. But there are some hidden gems, like we were talking about, My Michelle. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, it, it, I, I've never heard it on the radio. It's never been 
it's never talked about, but it's still like the best song on the record. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, th- this record's great. I, I, I know you hate it, but Steven Adler, I really think he, he really, he shines on this record. Not technically speaking, but from a songwriting aspect, he fucking kills it. And everybody has their moments on this record, even Axel. Like, I think Axel is the worst part of this record, but he does have moments where he really shines and it's solid. Uh, and I'm honestly very impressed by Slash. He, he, he surprises me every time I listen to him. And it's kind of like where you're listening to a song and you're just, it's kind of in the, on in the background. And you're like, wow, this is actually really good. And you start to really think about it again. And it's because Slash brings you, or for me at least, Slash brought me back into a song after it was kind of just background music. Like he always just kind of brings it back because he's that fucking good and he, he just shines that much. It's fucking awesome. So, um, I don't know. That's all I got for this one. So I'm going to have to give this album appetite for destruction, a 2.5 out of three. That's what I, that's what I give this one. 2.5. Pretty, pretty high. Higher than I was, than I was even expecting. I'm, this week. Yeah. That's f- higher than I thought you were going to give it to. Well, I mean, if Axel was better, I might've given it a perfect three. Never know. I, I think you're, you're again, you're, you're, digging for flakes here when you're missing like the nuggets but that's fine hey if you got if you gather enough flakes they can equate to something bigger than the the, what i don't even know what i'm talking about yeah yeah we can just call it i guess because this is yeah my god (laughs) fucking this is flakes and nugs and (laughs) all right all right well i think that's it for the episode thank you all for listening uh, keep listening. Tell all your friends. Even though this was a kind of a weird episode, um, yeah, you know, Ask and I Radio is all the social media. Give us five stars, and thank you all for listening. And that's it. That's all. Steve Adler. It's a good through. one, yeah. It is a no. It is a perfect song. It is fantastic. Uh-huh. Just zip your lip like a padlock if you have nothing nice to say. Okay. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, god damn. So my number three is the spaghetti incident. I cannot fucking believe. Are you serious? Chinese democracy is your second fucking favorite. I didn't say it was my second favorite. Oh my god, dude! There's no way. I did not say it was my second favorite. Stupid. It has to be. It fucking better be your second favorite. the The actual album title of the Spaghetti Incident is in quotations, and it's with a question mark. Oh my god, that is so Spaghetti Incident. That's so cool. Fuck! I didn't even notice the question mark. Oh, I love it even more now. What about Pinkerton's Blue? That's a great debut record. I'm not Pinkerton. No, that is. Fucking Pinkerton's Blue? What the fuck is wrong with me? Weezer's Blue. Pinkerton's Blue is really good. I like Pinkerton's Blue. (laughs) I will forever call it Pinkerton's Blue from now on, actually. (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) And then Blue's Pinkerton will be the the (laughs) follow-up to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It sounds so much better, actually. Pinkerton's Blue rather than Weezer's Blue. It's probably Sweet Child of Mine's on a stinker for you. Uh, it's not. 
it's not only because it's so iconic i can't i can't make it a stinker it's too can't iconic fuck with it it's so good i don't really like the song though oh it's so good nobody likes a song <laughs> nobody likes his song. Nobody on earth even Slash, likes that song. Even Slash doesn't like the song. Yeah, he but he acknowledges he's, shit on it. He says, "Yeah, the song. I don't like it, but eh, it's pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about this because it's, it's my four B. It's my four B. Oh God, you're such a cuck. I don't even like it, but I mean, come on, come on. It's still pretty good. <sighs> it's it's, it's just a well. It's a well crafted song. Can you believe these are like these guys are like fucking? They were twenty one when they recorded this. Like, how do you record this at twenty one? I know it's fucking stupid, right? Like, what were you thinking? How can you how be is Steven this Adler and make those and write those oh, drum beats? Oh God, why are you why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand. <laughs> oh boy. But what what do I know? What the fuck do I know? We know everything. Well, I know everything. You know nothing because. Well, I actually ridiculous. know. I actually know more than you, but I play it off like I don't because I don't want to make you feel bad. <laughs> you don't know more than me in <laughs> I, any facet I, of of life. I I absolutely know more than you. <laughs> I like I said, I don't want to make you feel bad, that so I play it a little bit stupid. That you know less than me. Well, that's wrong. That's what stupid. People <laughs> this say. is like a Dwight and that's Michael what Scott fight. Say. Like just. <laughs> 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 like this is something that I can see them fighting about, <laughs> and it goes nowhere. Like it literally goes nowhere. But even your boy, even your boy over here, Adler, yeah, he's he's doing something. He, oh, you're he, finally gonna give him some credit. He's playing drums. He he is. <laughs> <laughs> he has a drum kit in front of him. Yeah, he, he <laughs> has a drum kit in front of him. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> but like. If anybody hates ACDC, it's you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm not not really a fan of ACDC. You fucking hate ACDC. No, I don't hate them. You hate ACDC. No, you have nothing. I don't. Well, you, their drummer's actually really fucking good because he no, plays. I'm not. I'm not a Paul Rudd. I'm not a Paul Rudd. Not Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Wait, Phil Rudd? Phil Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. He plays no, in, uh, He plays bass in that Wait. one movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it Phil Rudd? Who's the drummer Paul in ACDC? Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd plays. Pa- Paul Rudd doesn't play worst. anybody. Paul Rudd is an actor. Yes, higher than I was than I was even expecting. I'm yeah, that's higher than I thought you were gonna give it to. Well, I mean, if Axel was better, I might have given it a perfect three. You never know. I, I think you're you're again you're you're digging for flakes here when you're missing like the Nuggets, but that's fine. Hey, that's if you fine. got if you gather enough flakes. They can equate to something bigger than the, than the what I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, just, yeah. We well, can just call it, I guess, because this is yeah. My God, <laughs> fucking this flakes is... and nugs and yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs>